Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschbach. And I'm back, baby. What's up, Evan? Well, I think I was the one being back because I'm coming back from maternity leave. So, Oh, I traveled the world uh, while you were birthing a child. Yeah, I just want to say that it's unfair that the Henchman of Comics LLC gives unpaid paternity leave. Okay, I thought we were a modern company. Yeah, uh, I offered you like $40, but you turned <laughs> me down. Yeah, but that had multiple strings attached. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was compounding interest. Yeah, uh, the keys to my house and the alarm code. And there were a uh, signed contract that I would never call the police on you no matter what crime you committed. Yeah, uh, I, I was planning on standing in the back with a mask from the movie The Strangers. I mean, I signed the contract. Night. I just forgot the alarm code. Yeah, uh, I don't appreciate having to hear your alarm at 4 a.m. every morning when I break in. <laughs> well, uh, we all have to make sacrifices. But speaking of sacrifices, this week we were talking about Dark Phoenix. Uh I saw the movie opening weekend when it came out. So I'm not going to not see next movie on opening weekend. Uh, and then I had had many sleepless nights since then. So we'll see how much I recalled. And you also had a wonderful experience seeing it, I believe. Yeah, I had the best time of my life yesterday. Uh, I went to the movie at three o'clock uh, at our local nice movie theater because I'm not a poor. Uh, <laughs> the henchman of comics pays me about forty eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Well, yes, let's just let's just have some class warfare. Yeah, on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, bring it on, poor's. Um, <laughs> So I go to my movie. Uh, the theater uh, is so nice that they decided to take off the uh, names of the films and the posters from outside of the movie theater. On the marquees. On the marquees. Yeah. So it's just a number now, <laughs> uh, which is cool. It looks very nice and very classy. However, the lady told me the incorrect movie theater to go into. I believe the ticket stubs don't have the number listed on the ticket stubs either. She didn't give me my ticket stub. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I had an electronic ticket, and uh-huh. she told me where to go, and she directed me wrong. Luckily, the movie that I decided to go see, uh, John Wick 3, started like <laughs> 10 minutes after mine did. Yeah. So I didn't get... My movie was supposed to start at 3. I didn't get into the, my theater until 3.40. So... I missed 15 to 20 minutes of it, so I went home and watched X3 because it's also the story <laughs> of the Phoenix. Uh, and Spoilers for X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, uh, also, let me say that I ripped into the asshole of a 19-year-old kid who just looked so downtrodden yeah. that he had to You've deal. now become that person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. was beyond pissed. And what makes everything way worse is the lady that got it wrong is a... I'm assuming a very sweet, she seemed like she was like 75 and she was wheelchair bound. And I don't know why I was so angry at her, but I was. I wanted her job. Yeah. Well, I can see when you miss miss the first 10 minutes of this masterpiece, why you'd be very upset. Yeah. So to get into context for where I joined this film, uh, Gene has just been zapped back into the X-Men's. Outer Space Blackbird. Yep. Sure. That's it. Uh, I'll say this. Uh, I think right off the bat, I think we will both agree that this is not a good film. Uh, what, Go into it with low expectations and you won't be that disappointed. Um, this is, I want to say, I'll call it the last official installment and like the X-Men universe, we do have New Mutants coming out. Yeah, this but, is the story of a girl. <laughs> I wish I played the entire time. <laughs> you can yeah. listen to that song and then that is this movie. Uh, but 
the mutants kind of takes place like in its own like pocket universe, like Logan does and all that. So yeah. it's tied to the larger franchise. So this is a, I think the movie kind of gives the franchise going out with the whimper and not a bang. Um, well, and it's it's one of the best stories of the X Men universe too, without a doubt. Like Dark Phoenix is a classic comic, one of the best Marvel comics, arguably one of the best comics storylines out there of all yep. time. Uh, easily one of the most memorable and one of the most famous. Uh, it was written, directed, and produced by Simon Kinberg, uh, who's had a large hand in the Marvel Universe. This was his first time directing a film, so that was an interesting choice to give him this big franchise centerpiece story. Uh, fun fact about uh, Mr. Simon, he uh, initially wrote the canceled script for X3. So he, this is his second uh, chance to tell yeah. the story of the Phoenix and boy, did he screw it up. Well, and what's interesting <laughs> to me, too, is apparently they had to reshoot a bunch of the ending because apparently it was too similar to Captain Marvel. Uh, the characters, the villains from Mark Scrolls, like, where they ship, shape-shifting and they were invading Earth and Dark, Fe- and Dark Phoenix went out to outer space to destroy all their ships. Uh, and so that was too similar to Captain Marvel, so they reshot a bunch of stuff for the ending. Wow. Yeah, so that's why reshoots got delayed for that film, which I thought was kind of interesting. But before... <laughs> I, so Marvel was like, hey, uh, you know we're merging and stuff, so go make your movie shittier so that Captain Marvel looks better. I think we're going to do something a little unusual for this episode. Uh, I think there is good stuff, and I like some stuff about this movie, but I want to say that toward the end. I think we just go ahead and get out all the bad stuff for this film. Okay. Um, Sophie Turner inexplicably having a roguelike accent at the beginning <laughs> of the film. I didn't understand it. It her, like Her American accent... Uh, was wobbly. It was uh, really, really bad. I didn't think her performance was that bad, but I think, aside from a few people, which I'll name later, performances across the board were pretty terrible for this film. Uh, they were phoned in for a lot of people, it felt like. Especially Jennifer Lawrence felt like her appearance was phoned in. And uh, beyond brief. Yeah, 100%. Which, well, I enjoyed that. I was like, yeah. oh man, they're killing yeah. off a major character really yeah. early. Spoiler alert Yeah. Uh, for everything we're talking about, if you didn't say it already. <laughs> yeah, Mystique dies super early. They completely wasted Quicksilver in this film. Oh, yeah, uh, he's in one scene. I know. Uh, and those those are some of the best things. Even like X-Men Apocalypse, which is not a great film, but it's better than Dark Phoenix, I would say. Uh, it still had that great Quicksilver scene uh, that, that we've come to expect. And we were expecting that again in this film and it just never happened. Yeah, give me, I mean, let everybody have a little bit of a moment. But in this film, the only people who really have a moment are Xavier, uh, phoned in performance. Magneto, mostly phoned in performance. Uh, Nicholas Holt Beast, I thought was, uh, uh, had a lot of moments in this film too. Yeah, he did. Um, I mean, some of them were good. I will say. I always think that that Beast makeup is just gross. <laughs> it's, I, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the, the it's, character design. It's really bad. And I don't like how Beast can just shape shift between human form yeah, and his Beast form. That, that uh, puzzled me and angered me so much. Uh, like It felt like Nightcrawler was wasted. It felt like Cyclops was wasted. Ty Sheridan was, it gave a very wooden performance as well too. Uh, I would say the villain was just awful in this. The villains overall. Uh, they had no real personality or plot. Uh, before I realized, you know, what I should be expecting. I definitely thought that was going to be Emma Frost. Yeah, it would have been a lot cooler if it was. Yeah. Or it was just a Hellfire Club in general. Yeah. Uh, which oh they talked God, about amazing. Uh, in first class. But, you know, the Hellfire Club goes through many iterations, so they could have brought it back. And that would have been a lot better. Um, I see, we're fixing this film already. 
Uh, uh, was there a Dazzler at the beginning for a second? There? Yeah, Dazzler was cool. Like I, I, I like the Dazzler cameo uh, in the woods. Uh, I thought that was a fun moment. Yeah, you liked it because it was three seconds long yeah. and then never showed up again. It was still something. I needed something out of the film. I need, I need a little warmth for my dead black heart at this point. That was all that uh, you got of all mm-hmm. of the other X Men out there in the entire universe. I felt like this movie was so small. Well, another thing too is like the previous X Men films, which I loved, like. They leaned into like their decades they were in. Like they leaned, they, uh, first class, days of future past. They all leaned into being from a different, t- different timeline. This one didn't lean into the nineties at all. Uh, it, it could have been taking place literally at any at any decade, any generation, or modern decade, and it would have made a difference at all. It would have been the same film. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that this yeah. was supposed to be in the nineties. Was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I couldn't tell. Yeah, couldn't tell one bit. Yeah, which is a, a real shame. Yeah. Uh, God, the nostalgia is so big right now too. Like, how are you just going to waste? Oh, I know. Yeah, all that opportunity. Yeah, that's something that Marvel does really well with Captain America. You, it's something they had done well scene. before yeah. uh, with all their other films. I don't know. I think it was just Simon Kimberg Kimberg biting off more than he could chew for his first feature film, first really directorial debut, and probably you needed some more to do interference. I would say in this in this film. Uh yeah, uh Marvel needed to step in once they knew everything was happening and say yeah this sucks, this isn't how we want to explore this universe. But this, I guess those characters are dead now. Yeah, this is also the lowest grossing X Men opening weekend yeah. uh, of all time. Uh, I believe it. Which I is, mean, you've got Apocalypse as your last great villain, yeah. and as much as Apocalypse had a bunch of problems, I enjoyed it. Still. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed it too. Uh, the film was definitely Apocalypse is is rewatchable. Uh, I don't think it's had from a few. I think scenes in this are rewatchable, but from start to finish, I don't think this movie is. is really it's rewatchable. so slow paced. Yeah, uh, I I literally just forgot that Storm was in the film until just now. Yeah. Um, so, was there anything else about this film that you really didn't enjoy at all? Um. Oh, uh, I <laughs> I have more of a funny comment. <laughs> you, want, you want my joke for the movie? Because I have, I have yes. one joke yes. for the entire thing. That's more um, jokes than, than we're in the film. <laughs> yeah, there was, there that's weird, too. Like, there was no levity or humor. If we come no. to, like, there's always those beats as well in the film. So we didn't get that at all, really, for this. Yeah, not even a little bit. Yeah. Like, you had the Quicksilver moment, and you're like, oh, man, this is going to be cool. And then Gene Grosz yeah. is like, oh, I'm way po- more powerful than you. <laughs> <laughs> but how much do you think uh, Fox Studios spent on the CGI uh, to get uh, Professor X to walk? Because that actor... <laughs> He's a real method actor. He actually <laughs> broke his legs for this game back. <laughs> Little known fact. And his investment paid off. Yeah. That's so, my joke. There you go. I did think uh, that scene with him, like, being forced to walk up the stairs. I thought McAvoy did an excellent performance of Like, conveying, like, the pain and the awkward uh, gait of trying to someone trying to struggle to walk stairs for someone that can't walk. Um, I thought that was really well done. Um, so, I mean. Why wasn't he just a, why did they just make him a bad guy? Well, and that's the thing is like... Because they did, but yeah. then you didn't get the performance. And that's the thing that a lot of good X-Men runs have done, especially like Grant Morrison's X-Men run. Like, it toes the line of Professor X being a bad guy in a way because that he will manipulate people's minds uh, and change their realities to get his goals, which are ultimately peaceful goals for mutant and mankind, but to literally alter someone's reality or point of view, obviously. Um, this needed to be the story of Charles and Jean. And it wasn't. It was the story of Gene told extremely poorly. Yeah, I agree 100%. This uh, was supposed to be the dichotomy of their relationship and how he fucked up this poor, innocent child beyond belief. Yeah. 
Uh, and I will say I did like I did like special effects around uh, Dark Phoenix. I liked the, the eye change, like the glowing skin, stuff like that. It wasn't over the top. I thought it was well done. It was. Uh, I thought that was a nice little touch. I like James McAvoy's wig in the flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, the hair makeup department is expecting their Oscar nomination any day now. Yep. Uh, I did think for the better things in this film, I love like McAvoy and Bassett's performance. The, the entire series has been about their relationship. And I thought as great as Patrick Stewart and, and Ian McKellen were in the original films, these two, I mean, even top them for the, their relationship between Charles and uh, Eric. Uh, I even like the nod at the end. I disagree with that. Like, I think the relationship's great. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's as good as Stuart and McKellen. But, I mean, that's just a classic. Yeah, movie. yeah. Like, it, it's nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I love the nod with them playing chess. I thought that was great, too. It was fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was a wonderful touch. Uh, I thought Nicholas Holt did a really good job performance-wise. Uh, yeah, the these, scene where he's yelling at uh, yeah, Professor Charles. X. Yeah, I thought that was really strong. Uh, I, I mean, I didn't so much buy into, like, his unrequited love for Mystique or anything. Uh, build it up. I yeah. mean, I missed the first 15 minutes, but I assume they didn't build it <laughs> no, extremely no. strong. Enough. There was a little bit of it, but no. Uh, but I thought the best part of this movie, well, not my best part, but favorite part, uh, I did enjoy seeing Magneto rip the subway train out of uh, the New York underground to block the building. Ultimately, it didn't serve a lot of purpose, but I thought that was a really cool scene. Yeah. Um, but my favorite part was the actual train like fight scene in the third act. Like that was phenomenal. There was some of it that was that was really really yeah. cool. And the uh, the culmination of when Magneto squashes that train at the yes. end, yeah, uh, and kills a bunch of dudes. Fantastic. Yeah, you get to see everyone like uh, show off their powers and their skill set. You, you got to see that probably be a little murdery, which I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, like just like cutting dudes' throats. Yeah, that uh, was really weird. Yeah, it seemed a little out of character. Like I know, like uh, Kurt's been like a swashbuckler and had swords in many iterations, but you don't see him like slice dudes' throats. Yeah, uh, but snapping it was so cool. Yeah, shit. snapping necks. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was badass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and seeing just seeing whenever you see Magneto like at full force and full power is always a great scene. Like whenever you see him like aim all the guns at someone, like it's been yeah. another action film. I will always love moments like that. Yep. Um, and McAvoy is just or not McAvoy, Fassbender is just great. Like he's just fantastic. Uh, but I will say after this iteration, like I am glad and I love X-Men. They're my team more than my favorite comic book, uh, franchise heroes, whatever you, however you put it. But I'm glad that this is now moved over to Disney at this point after seeing this film. Good riddance. Adios muchachos. Yeah. And I don't, Simon Kimberg has done a lot of good things for the X-Men franchise, but I just think being producer, director, writer, sole credit for all of those was just too much for him. It needed, and you you needed more, more cooks in the kitchen for, for this film. Yeah, I'm sure there was a writers' room. Like I, I assume like he didn't just pin the entire script and say, "All right, here we go, let's do this thing." Maybe he did. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it looked like it. That's what yeah. it looked like. It looked like it was one man's idea that got maybe one rewrite, and then it was like, "All right, here you go, bud. Have yeah. fun." Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a shame that this was, and this was a summer blockbuster. I know. Yeah. In a period, it was a disaster at the box office. Yeah, in a period where until Far From Home comes out, it's been a bit of dry spell for superhero films too. Yeah, and for me, I watched it less than a week, or actually exactly a week before Far From Home comes out. So it's not a dry spell for me. It was a dry spell leading up to this. Yeah, 
But I watched Avengers Endgame a few times, so I'm good. Yeah, what was the last superhero film before this one? Was it Endgame? Was it Endgame? So Endgame. Well, Brightburn is what we did. Yeah, that's not. It's not a. Did Hellboy come out after Endgame, or is it before? Uh it came out before. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, we had a bunch of shitty things come out right, right beforehand. <laughs> uh, to Marvel trash. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and for now, Capitan Marvel. <laughs> El Capitan. Yeah. Uh, please respect the culture. Um, <laughs> I don't want you ever hear disrespect the Kree ever again. I'll do my best, but no promises. Well, okay. I can't argue at that point. So let's go ahead and two things before we get to our rating, or one thing before we get to our rating. What's the one thing that you, if you, with Mar- Disney getting hold of the X Men films, what's the one thing that you would, where would you like them to start? Uh, I want to, and I know this is like very well trotted areas. There's two things I want. Um, we need a better iteration of Gambit. Um, we need to make a nineties X-Men movie is what we do. Like it needs to be. We had one. It was dark Phoenix. No, (laughs) we need a like actual nineties. Like let's go to the mall. Uh, localized yeah. jubilee leaving a charge yeah jubilee yeah. and i mean maybe even versus yeah. gambit and rogue yeah that's i i'd like to see a more classic team for the first approach like it, it can be the og5 or it can be like the 90s cartoon team with gambit and rogue yeah. and wolverine and colossus like something like that like the more yes. like much i want to see like quentin choir like in the x-men universe i want to see more of the bigger names first uh i the other thing i was going to say is we need to relaunch wolverine it is your signature Marvel X Men character. Yeah, and I'm sure they will. I, I you don't pay a billion dollars or many, many dollars for the rights to the franchise without using Wolverine. No. I feel bad for whoever has to follow Hugh Jackman's footsteps and follow Logan as well. As I volunteer as tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the new Wolverine. I'll take that bullet for everyone. That's fine as long as I can be the new X twenty three. Done and done. Well, we've just solved the Marvel uh, Disney X-Men problem. Yeah, can you so, do your best uh, Laura voice for us real yes. quick? Hello, my name is Laura. <laughs> that, snick, snick. <laughs> that was spot on, man. You're yeah. going to be the perfect Thank X-23. You. My inflection was uh, perfect, actually. We don't, what you guys don't know is that I've been working on that performance for weeks. Uh, <laughs> so what would you rate this film on a scale of 1 to 10? Ooh, what's lower than zero? Uh, negative one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to give this like a five. Uh, I'm giving it a four. It's one of the rare yeah. times where you're above me, and especially for an action film, it's even surprising. You know what? But You've th- been below me on a, a lot of the movies recently, like this yeah. this year. I don't know what it is. Uh, I just am more agreeable right I now. I think part of it, too, is that lower expectations for you and me being such a massive X-Men fan, hard yeah, to separate. You saw it an opening <laughs> weekend. Yeah. You've had time to let it simmer. Exactly. I went in there with no expectations. Exactly. And I was like, I was entertained. Uh, well, that's going to wrap it up for this week's Hintron of Comics. Uh, you're going to have a special midweek episode talking about the number one for the month of June. Uh, as always, you can email us at hintronofcomics at gmail.com. You can tell us how much you missed us during our brief two-week, uh, hiatus. I saw the new episodes. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and everywhere in between. I don't know what that means. Neither do you. Uh, but like and subscribe, download our podcast. It means a lot to Alex's mom and to my mommy. Uh, that's all I got for you, bud. For the Henshaw Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. And I'm Professor Xavier. Henshaw Ain't Easy.